Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of hot fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're about to go off on minute 106, which begins with Doris making a joke about knocking out the checkout girl and ends with a police chase passing the village of the year judges on their way out of town. And we have a guest, Jason Hammonds from That Might Be Cool. Welcome. Um, okay, so this minute uh is uh uh what it, what we call in the biz a humdinger mm. <laughs> sure it's a real hootenanny <laughs> yeah it's a real it's, hoedown here it really it really takes you on a on a fucking journey yeah it yeah. does this this minute i feel like this minute is almost a summation of all like literally everything that makes this movie great yes and like most of the major plot points of this movie like it's all all of it like happens you know in a way in this minute or has some relevance on yeah. this minute yeah it's a really good one uh, it's weird too because it's like that. Like this was one of those minutes where I was like, "Is this cut wrong? Is this <laughs> more than a minute?" Because it, it yeah, feels like it, it goes sh- on. You know, it stretches time. Yeah, yeah. By, by, really the, by the time you 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 get to the you know the judges of the yeah. village of the year, you're like, "Well, surely it's going to end." Right? I know you actually get this moment too. Almost pretty much all of it. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, we get Doris's final euphemism. Of the film, yeah, um, which is probably her most classic euphemism, mm-hmm. and certainly the one that came up the most this past year, thanks to the favorite. Yep. Uh, yep. Nothing like a bit of girl on girl. Yeah, it got it got kind of memed. It had a yeah. second life. Yeah, for sure. The, like <laughs> third or fourth, like really solid meme to come out of this movie. Mm-hmm. This this movie, I feel like this is one of the most rewatchable movies that exists mm-hmm. like there's there's a list of like maybe six or seven movies that i can put on at any time and be very very satisfied by mm-hmm. and it's like die hard back to the future dark knight the martian i know the martian's a weird one to have on there but I really oh like no i really love the martian I it's think so it, good uh yeah, but yeah hot fuzz is, is on there this is this is my favorite edgar wright movie mm-hmm. possibly like maybe in my top three movies mm-hmm. just generally it's got everything and I, I i love it so dearly i will i'm looking forward to even if it's like months or years from now i'm looking forward to the first time that i won't get to watch this movie again mm-hmm. in one sitting because mm-hmm. it it's just so rewarding. It, it really mm-hmm. it, like there's just so much like joyful fulfillment of like comedic premises in this. Mm-hmm. Like well, you, as I yeah. as as we've talked about before, I think uh, I think the next time that I want to watch these movies is on the big screen again. Mm. Like I'd want to go oh, to that'd like be a great. screening. Um, just like I haven't watched Back to the Future any of those movies since the end of that trilogy i yeah. want to go see that for the first time again in theaters that i was... saw Shaun of the dead at the greek Ooh! right after we recorded the podcast oh nice yeah mm-hmm. i haven't done anything like that yet so did you see did you see russell brand there 
No, was he there? Did you get him there? Yeah, did you get him yeah, to the grave? I got him there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, watch, watching the first three, or the first three, the only three Back to the Future movies uh, on the big screen was like the first thing I did in L.A., actually. Uh, I like oh, moved nice. to LA and like three or four days later, the Egyptian was having uh, a screening of all three. And I was like, well, I'm unemployed and I have nothing to do. I'm going to go spend my day doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Hell good. Yeah. So That's good. Being unemployed is for. We'll have to see if there's a, a Cornetto marathon at some point sometime in LA. And then we can all three go as or, a happy or, family. Or we can make one happen. We can make one happen, yeah. Scott. It's not really that hard in Los Angeles. That's so. true. There's a lot of theaters out yeah, here. Yeah, there is a lot of theaters and they're all looking for content. What else? What else? So so <laughs> lots more. Um, so so right after... <laughs> well, I just... What, I don't know. I love everyone laughing. And then we get... Uh, Jason, we were talking yesterday, last episode about mm-hmm. um, how this really does feel like a 90s arcade game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, fruit attack would absolutely <laughs> fruit attack. Okay, so so there are layers to the fruit attack thing, um, because my my favorite thing about the fruit attack is one they shout fruit attack, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, number two, number no, number one, number two, they're they're throwing, they're literally just throwing produce at them. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that's that's their weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. They've had a collection of butcher knives thrown at them. They've had a giant uh, 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 trolley boy uh, <laughs> fight um, one of them. Uh, they've had a, a maniac woman with a box cutter come chasing after them. Right. And then they had uh, fruit thrown at them and their answer to the fruit fruit being thrown at them is the same answer to everything else which is they just shoot guns at them (laughs) so they're getting fruit thrown at them and tony's like i've got this and just starts firing his gun at these children throwing fruit tony fisher (laughs) never does the right thing like we'll hold these guys off don't worry oh cool (laughs) Really take one like for imagine, the team, Boromir. Just like, like imagine, like a, like, like I'm just like the first thing that came to mind was like a, like a stand-up comedian getting like fruit thrown at them on stage, you know, like old, like old school style, and then mm. them just like pulling, pulling out a gun out a and just like firing into the audience, <laughs> just freaking glacking all the crowd. <laughs> it's crazy. What a crazy <laughs> response to something so silly, man. That yeah, is and like, uh, and we get a little catharsis between uh, Nicholas and Andy. Oh, you love you love a little catharsis, and I I, I yeah. personally love a little Nick and Andy as well. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that's it's uh that's that's a good moment of like I I just don't go being a <laughs> twat. No. What Sorry. what what is that? What what like what in in what way? Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not you... even. It's one of the ra- you, you you. I always think it's a callback. Yeah, but, but I, don't think... I think the joke is that it's not a callback, but it's kind of like a callback. The kind of thing that happens in an action movie. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, Just like a line that gets kind of repeated. Hey, yeah. kid, fuck you. Yeah, Team America sort of. Yeah, right. Weird, like toxic masculinity where you can't have a genuine moment without right. undercutting mm-hmm. it. Right. We're not gay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're bros, dude. We're freaking straight bros. We love we love sex with women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Animal I imagine it's like a don't go fucking this up kind mm-hmm. of deal. From Last uh, Jedi. Great shot, kid. Don't get cocky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great shot, kid. Don't go being a twat now. Yeah. I'm very- <laughs> exactly. I'm very curious where that line falls in Star Wars. Like, because that feels like it's right around the same moment arc wise. I'm a uh, fan of it. 
In which part? Which in, part? In Star Wars, when Han says, "Great shot, kid. Don't get cocky." Oh, that's like way early. That's before. That? Uh, that's that's oh, the first time that they fight. First going to the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. then Han comes back as like the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're yeah. right. You're. Yeah. It's that time. He, I think he, it's post. He he, he fucks off with the gold. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm leaving. I'm bouncing. What up, Jabba? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's not this movie. This movie's hot fuzz, and it's and that's the movie that we're talking about today. Yes, it's, a, it it's a good one. Um, I love New Hope, though. <laughs> I'm true. excited to be able to watch it on Disney Plus. There you go. <laughs> uh, I I really I can't get enough of the Andes. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah, they're man. just incredible. The mountains and the characters. Uh, mm -hmm. but like they, they, I don't know. I'm 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 sad that I don't get the uh, the shot. The infamous Andes shot when they're oh, yeah that that <laughs> bit yeah the the in and out of frame thing yeah uh but their every moment with them on screen is just such a freaking joy to watch you're was, you're very Andy ish <laughs> just <laughs> just in general describe like, myself like, as a bit like Andy ish being, being the being like do, doing the Andes that's like kind that's a bit I could see you doing is like being that kind of guy for like a second like that's I could I can see it I, I mean can see it. I guess that's fair. I, <laughs> I can't quite refute that. Um. Um, the uh, uh, the yeah, so my only downside about this whole uh, sequence, I think, is the just the lack of Andy Cartwright. Mm, a yeah. lot of Andy Wainwright, not a lot of Andy Cartwright. Like his last True. bit was basically when he screams in response to Andy Wainwright getting uh, uh, like getting a, a, a Balinese. Uh, all yeah. over his face. Well, um, that's that kind was, of the last was, time we heard from him, right? That was like two minutes ago, right? Or three minutes yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, I know. But like everybody else got like a big moment and like that's all he got. Yeah, mm. maybe that was a big moment. I don't know. Or, uh, <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't stop thinking about like this as a video game. So I, I, I guess like the town square would be stage one. Mm. The grocery store would be stage two. And then we get a car level. Mm, we get a car level. And then the model village is the final stage. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah he even nicholas says like we're going after the big boss right right mm. he does that's where we find bowser um so yeah so they uh they they go uh toward the office and uh danny uh shoots shoots out the door and then nicholas kicks the door down <laughs> yeah man. Uh, and it's an empty it's an empty office that's a nat 20 door kick yeah yeah it is um and then uh then they see that uh Skinner has uh already escaped and is getting into uh uh, uh the police car and and uh, driving away with Frank. But you know what's weird about that moment mm. is these cars I understand this is just my American ignorance. Mm -hmm. How but the way that those cars are colored and and shaped are specifically exactly the way the driver's ed cars look in America. <laughs> So yep. it looks to me like he's grabbing a driver's ed car and like yep. driving off with it. Yeah, those just don't. Yeah, I'm not. Those colors aren't what my brain says police cars are. European yeah, right. European police cars and European ambulances mm -hmm. are buck wild to me every time I see <laughs> yeah. them. Like both look like if you T-boned them, they're done. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas in America, <laughs> yeah, like, like in America, our cop cars and our ambulances are so like thick with two C's and like kind of low to the ground and like look like they got a lot of horsepower to them. Yeah. They look like and you look at these British ones and you're like, oh yeah, that's just like, it's just a car or like, that's just a van, you know, they like, look like Autobots. they're just, they're just regular old little cars that like your grandma would buy. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's soft weird. and wholesome. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's but yeah, I I feel you every time and their sirens don't even sound as like intimidating either. <laughs> like, like oh, come okay, on guys, you can do a little better. Just have it be it. like the theme song to Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They should put that to a vote after the Brexit. <laughs> they should be like, let's let's change our police siren song. <laughs> the, the theme, the, song, the, the theme song for our police. Well, that's the Brexit sorted. But, but, now, but, what but the, next? But the but only the one, not only the thing from the trailer, the one, the one that's in Hot Fuzz. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 exactly. ding, ding, ding. Can you imagine you hear that driving down the street, like just wailing at you? You're like, oh, oh God, you I just better take stop off running no matter what. Exactly. It would be like yeah. if it was the Jaws theme. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Those freaking sharks. <laughs> the sharks in our political system, you know? Ugh. <laughs> Topical humor. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, they uh, they decide that they're gonna go chase after them, um, and and they decide that they're just gonna jump through the window into the dumpster. <laughs> yeah, and um, this is a great moment because uh, uh, you know Nicholas hops in and hops right out, being the mm. athletic uh, tour de force that mm. he is, um, mm. and uh, and then you expect there to be some kind of fat joke. Totally, here. like you a hundred percent. Expect there to be similar to the way the, like the fence jumping thing mm-hmm. has that like like ooh I'm a clumsy fat guy like, yeah kind either of joke. a fat joke or an incompetence joke something and I still even watching this minute I still like kind of expected one even though I've seen this movie at least like five times yeah. before yeah I still expected there to be like yeah. a weird moment there another but no the <laughs> joke is just that he pops up and is like fuck yeah <laughs> he's just like <laughs> ready to go to town it's, uh, it's another underrated gif in yep. this movie is that if this was the first scene of the movie you would be like oh this is like a chuck like that sidekicks movie about a little boy that <laughs> <laughs> dreams of being in an action movie yeah. oh yeah yeah it is kind of like i mean it's 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 a such a very obvious on the face thing but like it is just funny looking at a movie like this and being like yeah it's simon Pegg and nick frost as the lead cops in this like mm-hmm. cop action movie and like it's of course it's comedy but like at the same time, like the the way, especially the way that Simon Pegg's character is played, is so not the way that anyone else casts Simon Pegg. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like him being like this overly competent, right? You know, macho, like not even macho, just like very skillful person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's never Simon Pegg in anyone else's no. movie. Like, but that's and that, but that's the exciting thing about writing yourself a role. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. where it's like, it, it, I mean, that's the reason so many actors do it. Yeah. Because they get typecast and mm-hmm. so they're like, well, fuck the typecast. I'm yeah. going to write myself something. He's like, I'm sick of being Scotty and I haven't even been Scotty yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm, he was I'm, sick of being Sean. He didn't want to be I, Sean forever. Yeah. There you go. I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, I, when I'm not, like Sean was just like, a, just a just a blip of the needle from from spaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from Tim on spaced. It was just like a little just a little tick over. Yeah. And then Benji is just a little tick over from mm. that. And then Scotty's just a little tick over from yeah. that. And, and Paul's friend is just a little tick over from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it, it I mean he was really typecast and, yeah. and weirdly Paul he wrote himself too and he still kind of <laughs> did it to himself. I think in that in that instance it was because he was giving uh, he was giving um, Nick Frost a different mm. kind of character uh, in that one. I'm going to be very um, honest and open with everyone in this moment, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally, spiritually, metaphysically. Is this uh, about enjoying the film, Paul? Uh, no. <laughs> what this is really about is something much deeper, Scott. Okay. Um, this is about something that's very. Uh, it's it's hard. It's tough to say on this platform, 
Um, it's 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 with great uh, sorrow and sadness that I deliver this news. But uh, I've never seen the movie Paul. Oh, you've never seen Paul? Yeah, no. I literally the only I thing mean, I know about Paul is the poster. That's <laughs> fine. Um, I like <laughs> like Paul is Paul is like a very fine middle of the road mm. comedy. It's probably something Nick and I will cover in the in the hiatus. I was, I was literally about yeah. to say that. Like, is that going to be like a tertiary material? You yeah, guys yeah, come yeah. Out? We'll just do it as like, a one shot. I don't know. Thing. I remember reading a magazine article, like an Empire, or maybe listening to a podcast, mm. and Paul was conceived to be like a a love letter to not just like the Close Encounter era Spielberg, but Sugarland Express, Amblin era Spielberg, mm. like it being like a cozy, wistful AM radio road trip movie. <laughs> Like yeah. a, I really a, like that description of that type through, of movie. Yeah, and like the movie kind of it, it, it. There's moments where it's like, oh, I can see that, but then there's a lot of like humor that's not as great as some of the. You know, like it. You're right. It, it, it is kind of middle of the road. Like, oh, that was fun. I mean, it's got it. The thing about Paul, great cast. It, the, yeah, the thing about Paul is that it shows you what Wright brings to the table. We were just talking last week yeah. about how Baby Driver really accentuates what Wright lacks as a writer by mm. himself and what Simon Pegg was bringing to the table. Mm. And Paul does the exact opposite. There's no precision to Paul whatsoever. It's very, like, it's a very kind of sloppy comedy, but the characters are really, really strong and distinct, mm. which is what Simon Pegg brings to the table. So it's a, it's a, it's a very different kind of movie. I think that there's, there really is something to learn from watching the Cornetto movies and then comparing Paul to Baby Driver. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, why you love like going out and listening to solo albums if you really love a band. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like listening to Simple Creatures after listening mm -hmm. to early era Blink-182, you mm -hmm. know? You're just like, "What's the disconnect here?" That being said, one of my biggest pet peeves as an Edgar Wright fan <laughs> is when somebody finds out that I I love Edgar Wright and they're just like, "Oh, I love his movies." Well, not Paul. <laughs> sure, it's kind of like the Tim Burton directing Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep, totally, exactly, totally. Exactly. Except that Edgar Wright literally has nothing to do with Paul. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. not even like a producer director mistake. Right, right. I, At least Nightmare Before Christmas is called Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so the confusion is understandable. Without going down this rabbit hole too far, because I really don't want to derail this podcast more than I already have. But like, a hot take. This is the thing I was thinking about last week. I think Tim Burton has made way more bad movies than good ones in my head. And I'm starting to think I don't even regard Tim Burton as a good director anymore. It's kind of a I'm weird a, take that I I'm, I'm an apology. I'm, I'm a fan of some of his late era movies. Like I'll go to bat for Sweeney Todd. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go to bat for Big Fish. Of course. I'll go to, uh, I'll go to bat for like, I think uh, Big Eyes was okay. Yeah, um, Big Eyes is fine. Big fan of Eva Green in Dark Shadows. Yes. Oh, I love Eva Green in, in Dark Shadows for sure. Influencing me to this day. Mm -hmm. Eva but, Green. Eva Green is always great. Yes. And amazing. Although yeah. that movie, I'm very interested. What happened in that movie with the sort of handoff from Helena Bottom Carter to Eva Green? Like what? Because Eva Green started dating Tim Burton after that movie, and he broke up with Helena Bottom Carter. Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't know they were dating. Yeah. Oh okay. It's a very weird thing. So I'm very curious what that set was like. I don't know. Dom Bao. I don't like thinking about stuff elephants. like that. <laughs> I don't either because I think with me now. Tim Burton could secretly be like a bad person. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like he, I, I, he's one of those directors where I sit down and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. 
Right. Yeah. But it's going to at least be interesting yeah. in some fashion. Um, but, Nick and I a, recently saw Dumbo together. Mm. And, uh, and that movie like, is n- not good at all. I didn't yeah. think it would be. But, but it there's is a like fascinating five, watch. There's five collective minutes of it that made me really happy. Yes. Hmm. That's true. Uh, but it really is just Tim Burton being like "fuck Disney World," and <laughs> and it's just like who who do you do you know who signed your paycheck for this it, movie? It's literally like buying a Bridge Against the Machine record with your mom's like credit card. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's what it feels like. That's what watching the Dumbo remake is like. Yeah. It's about mom and pop corporations, man. It's like okay, well, fuck, it's Dumbo. I don't know. You that, still is, made a Dumbo movie. You, Dummy, <laughs> you dummy. Did did he like find a way to shoehorn in a Sunshine State boy that's like really like emo and doesn't fit in? I mean, Colin Farrell returns from the Great War without an arm. And oh, there you go. Yeah, he finds he Dumbo finds was kind of his that. gothic boy. Mm. Yeah, because mm. Dumbo's like the sad like boy that yeah. nobody likes, and he didn't an fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You beautiful one armed cowboy. You made me a child again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, back anyway, to the back, back to the back to the minute. I um, I will say so. Like when they when they finally get out of uh, they 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 head out of the village. Um, after uh, f- wild, wildly firing through the village after them <laughs> as they drive away, uh, they get in the they get in the the car. Uh, which Frank uh, took the door off of, which was a great bit of continuity. It's still left open from when Danny uh, clocked the 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 woman on the bike with the Dude. two mm-hmm. with the two cars. And that, the two that brings up maybe the most impressive thing about this movie is the freaking continuity. Yes, like the the script supervisors on this film, the the costume people, the set deck people, like all of them. The fact that they were able to hold this together so well visually mm-hmm. is absurd because this is a movie where you know like everything in the like in the first act that is what you have in this movie yes that is your sandbox everything that is there is going to stay there and everything is a callback to something else like it is it is a snake eating its own tail of a movie yes it is it is up there with hill valley as one of the most like fully Mm -hmm. realized worlds yeah so wild i every time i see something like that in this in this movie i just I'm like, how, how, like, yeah. how was that? How did they make that? So, and, you know, and it's been one of the major benefits of watching this minute by minute is little things like, like Timothy Dalton hamming it up for security footage that he knew people would be watching, mm-hmm. like oh. holding up today's newspaper with the date on it uh, <laughs> to prove that he wasn't the killer. Yeah. Uh, people like schedules on the walls of the police station being mm. like up to date and like people clocking in and clocking out. Oh. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's and, nuts. Yeah. And by the way, just, just because you mentioned Timothy Dalton and I don't have him in this minute, I love mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton so much. Yeah. Oh, you get it's a little kind bit of, of bonkers oh, yeah, that we right. get Jim Broadbent and Timothy Dalton in a car together and there's mm. like no dialogue. Yeah. Oh. It's true. It's true. Um, and then idiot. we get, uh, they speed out of town and they pass the uh, Village of the Year judges <laughs> on their way out of town. Uh, of course, the Village of the Year judges are played by uh, Mrs. Wright and Mrs. Pegg. Mm. And uh, Edgar Wright's uh, high school drama teacher. Oh, there you go. So are Mrs. Mrs. Wright, are Mrs. Wright and Mrs. Pegg still Mrs. Wright and Mrs. Pegg to this day? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Way to go, guys. <laughs> Keeping your marriages together. That's the best, best, I, best of my knowledge, anyway. I like it when Hollywood people actually keep their marriages. 
I yeah, mean, they're they, not Hollywood people. Well, I mean, yeah, but they are. Like, they're not, but they are. Like, oh, I'm sorry. It's their moms, not their wives. Oh, yeah. I guess that would make sense yeah. since they're much older. Yeah, it's their moms. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Like, I kind of forgot the faces, and I was like, oh, were they that young? I feel yeah. like I remember old. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. It's their moms. Their moms. The moms. The moms. Yeah. Yeah. But a great, you know, I, uh, I actually am one of the people that read Simon Pegg's book, Nerd Do Well. And uh, mm-hmm. he was like one of those guys that really had a lot of fun in high school theater. So I think it's a mm-hmm. classy move to include his high school theater teacher. Yeah, for sure. I read that book too. It's great. Yeah. It's I haven't really read good. Nick Frost yet. I've read that one too. That's good. I mean, I listen to them. Those are really entertaining to listen to because they read their own books. So oh, then you're cool. ju- it's just like listening to them tell stories. Yeah. That like was, a couple hours. I really like those types of books. Like Stephen Colbert did that as well, and mm-hmm. I, I really liked yeah. I really liked his audiobook for his his book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a, an emotional connection when it's a performer reading their own book. Like when it's just like some author reading their own book, it kind of I feel like it loses something. Yeah, especially when it's fiction. But, unless it's Neil Gaiman. Unless it's Neil Gaiman because <laughs> his voice is is glorious. Butter. Yeah. Hello, Scott. <laughs> Thank you for downloading another one of my books. It's really <laughs> <good>. <laughs> you imagine? But. Yeah, no, I I love I love hearing a, a performer like read their own words. Yeah, so for sure. good for sure. Um, all right, well, I think that about wraps us up for uh, for this minute, uh, guys. If you are on Facebook, make sure you're on the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub. Join the group, join the discussion, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute One Hundred Seven for the Greater Good. The Greater Good. Yeah.